Hey everybody, welcome to Bag Talk, episode 12. I'm your host, Max Hunter, here with my good friend and co-host, James Albert. Today we have a very exciting episode, our exclusive interview with the Birkin Junkie, who has made a big splash on social media recently. We also talk about his experiences in the market, his thoughts on the present and the future of luxury resale, and some of his social media strategy that was really quite interesting. Well, welcome to Bag Talk, our Thank you. podcast yes. about bag world. Thank you very much. Um, can we call you the Birkin Junkie? Dan is uh, fine. Mr. Junkie? Dan is fine. Dan? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Dan <laughs> That's is not fine. Mr. Junkie. Well, uh, Dan... <laughs> Mr. Junkie. <laughs> Mr. Junkie's my father. <laughs> no, that's true. How did you um <laughs> how did you come into uh into being the Birkin junkie? I want to know a little bit about your backstory yeah. and how you came into this market. So it's a great question. Um I really I guess started my owner Mez journey probably like I would say probably like four years ago. Um going through the same steps that so many people go through. Um going in, trying to suck up the essays, trying to be friends with everybody, trying to do, you know, the whole mumbo jumbo. Um, and finally just got to a point where I said, listen, I don't want to do this anymore. I had friends that were selling bags, family members that were selling bags. Um, uh, and I just started asking people, Hey, you know, just very naturally and organically asking, Hey, do you guys want to buy this bag? Started helping them sell their bags. And, um, not until probably, Probably February of this year did I actually start creating it, creating content around it, creating content around Hermes. Um, I was going back through my, my TikTok the other day, and uh, it's almost been a year now of creating content, pushing it, um, really trying to turn it into a business. Um, because there's such a, there's such a, I feel like there's a hundred different, there's a thousand different resellers out there. Um, Obviously, there's different tiers. You have like your your go-to name shop houses of like Sotheby's or uh, Madison Avenue Couture. Um, and then you have people that offer a little bit of a better price. Um, just regular resellers that are operating their own businesses, whether that be from a small office, out of home. So, um, yeah, I guess that's a little bit of... yeah me and sort of my background and how I've gotten to this. Yeah, that's so interesting that it hasn't even been a year because your content, I think it feels so prevalent on at least on Instagram that it feels like you've been around for a few years. Mm -hmm. at least, yeah, uh, that we've been seeing all this all these great memes. I feel like you've got a really unique grasp on, uh, you know, that sort of TikTok yeah. style. Yeah, there's you know, video meme that nobody else is really doing in bag world. Yeah, that's the thing. I think um I mean, selling a luxury product, I think the stigma for luxury is um, haughty, uh, very, uh, very exclusive, which it is. I mean, there's there's a lot. These bags are priced at price points where a lot of people can't do it. So it is exclusive. But at the same time, from my experience, people don't like to be treated. People like to be treated like people, you know, um, and part of that is humor. People can relate to things. I think a lot of why my 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 TikToks, my Instagram have been doing really well is it's so relatable. You walk into the store and uh, you maybe not get the best treatment. Obviously, you're maybe not getting what you asked for. And so I think that's that's why it's sort of really kicked off. And for a lot of people, um, I've heard a lot of people say, Dan, you came out of nowhere, really. Like uh, 
And for me, it's not nowhere because I've been doing this for really, albeit like four years now, but it for me, it's taken a while to get there. So it's, it's funny how some people view it as, hey, you're new onto the scene, you, um, you're completely brand new. And I'm like, yeah, for you, I guess. But for me, I've been here doing stuff and but now actually been creating it into a business. So for a lot of people, their perspective is who the hell is this guy? Like, who is this guy? And how is why is he doing not doing? Why is he? Why is he maybe doing so well? I don't know, is the way I've heard some Mm -hmm. people phrase it. I think the content that you create feels very new. And I think that's what a lot of people are maybe responding to. It's like, this is a really sort of interesting and new way to market these bags on social media. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I wonder like, cause the sense of humor you have is great. And, you know, I think that it's really honest. And I wonder if uh, like you do some of your clients, do you ever get like a negative response to that? Or you really feel like all of the clients that you attract that way, share your energy and your sense of humor. That's a really, you have great questions by the way. Um, thank you. (laughs) Um, I think that, listen, I think everybody, like I said, I think everybody relates to the humor. I have maybe gotten, I haven't gotten that much bad feedback, honestly, from, um, from people on my social media, from buyers, from anybody, because I think that, I don't know, I really haven't got much feedback, bad feedback, honestly. I mean, I'll get feedback yeah, like, that's why I feel is like this is such a fun market. Like, or... if you're not having fun buying bags, yeah. then. Yeah. And th- it is. You know, if you're not going to have fun with it, what's the point? Let me tell you, like, going into Hermes and getting offered a bag in person is really something I would say special for I would a lot of people. I mean, it is very unique. I mean, it is like you're getting something that so many people can't get their hands on. So I'm not discounting, like, anything that Hermes is doing but it's a totally different buying experience with me Dan who the fuck is Dan who the fuck is Birkin Junkie but it's a completely different buying experience for me than it is from Hermes mine's more relatable mine's more funny open like I'm gonna treat you like a person if you're coming and you're gonna be speaking directly with me you know um so yeah it's completely different and I've had good feedback so far to answer your question no that's great so yeah um, we've noticed too in your social media, you know, you are in a lot of your, the media that you put out there, your face and, and, you know, you as a person and a personality. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was wondering if you, I know, you what, know I know what put any precautions <laughs> on separating, yeah, on separating, you know, your personal life from your business life. Cause we always mm. see you wearing sunglasses. I even, uh, brought these here in case, you know, we Let wanted to be a little mine. matchy Where matchy <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen you without sunglasses, actually. I have a couple of videos. I think, you know, I think it's about an image that you portray. Um, I think I just naturally, I started making content. A lot of it was wearing sunglasses. And so it's like uh, Mr. Wonderful. He always has like a red yeah. Rolex on or a red watch or some, some red band. Um, yeah, I was going to say for it's me, almost a character you've created. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And it is a, it is a character. I mean, it, some of the stuff I say is very uncharacteristic of what I actually believe. Like, um, and I say that in the fact that like, I never treat anybody bad. I never speak to bad to anybody about like their level in life because some people can take that, take that to mean that. But 
Um, it is a little bit of a character, you know, it is a little bit of a, it's very sales pitchy. It's very salesman-ish. Like you have your people going to work in their suits. I'm coming into work with a, with a pair of fucking Ray-Bans over there. So <laughs> like, uh, yeah. And I think price. Yeah. Yeah. I do connect. I do disconnect life from business. Um, I do have like my business account. I do have like my personal account um, because I do like to keep some level of, you know, my own, my own life, you know, I think when you're creating content out there, that's being seen by so many different people. Uh, it is you do want some level of privacy. So if that answered the question. Yeah, I have, a, I have a very small following. Um, I have like 7000 followers on both TikTok and Instagram. In my mind, that's very small compared to like all the creators that you see. Like, I mean, um but some of my content does get like a good amount of views so i always do like to keep uh like my personal biz sorry my personal life from like work life separate so um yeah i always like to keep a little bit of a disconnect there mm -hmm. if that answers a question yeah that's great um yeah so part of the the thing that we found really interesting about your uh the way that you deal is mm -hmm. how it sort of relates to what we've seen a lot with Asian dealers over the years and that sort of low overhead um, type of, you know, in a lot of cases, the bags stay with the owners but until they're sold. It's not like yeah. a capital-heavy uh, retail location sort of classic yeah. uh, style of dealing. And I was wondering if that was sort of something that you consciously chose to adopt if you sort of uh, you know or so if you found any dealers that you sort of liked how they were doing business and, and sort of modeled what you were doing off of them that's a good question actually because it wasn't something that i consciously did um and it's and something it's still... that's very new in america too i feel like you're one of the only people that does it over here yeah could could be i i don't think so i don't think so but um it's not something that i consciously chose to do obviously for a lot of people like you said it's extremely capital intensive if you're buying out these bags i mean if you're buying let's say just a i would say your regular birkin 30 i mean you could be spending twenty thousand plus on a bag just to stock it um you could be spending much more depending on leathers etc so to stock one bag twenty thousand dollars imagine having a showroom of bags where you have I don't know, $500,000 worth of inventory, a million dollars worth of inventory, very easily a million dollars, um, especially if you're carrying around a Himalayan diamond. But um, like, I think it was just something natural. So I do consignment for some of my bags. So I do have bags in stock. Um, people will send me their bags, we'll photograph them, we'll put them up. Um, and then I also ha just have, you know, basic understandings with like clients and, uh, and, some of these clients have turned into friends, you know, where um, they'll hold the bags, um, then they'll be shipped to me, I'll authenticate them, and then also I'll have a third party authenticate them. So um, I think that, I think it's maybe a new style for the US, like you said, um, but I think it's an easy way for a lot of people, as little as I want to say, hey, yeah, go get into reselling, create more competition for me, but I think it's an easy way for people that want to do that to be able to do that. Um, but obviously, you have to have a following. You have to have 
a reputation. You have to have, you know, know-how to be able to do that. So um, I see a lot of people that don't, that don't have that know-how, that aren't creating content and they're trying to sell bags. And a lot of times you'll see things go south, um, whether that be they get sent a fake bag and they just paid $20,000 for and now they're out twenty k or whatever the case may be. But um, did that answer the question? I know I ran, yeah, yeah, feel I think like that maybe was great. I rambled. Yeah. No, no, that that was a really good. That was a really good answer, actually. Um, James, I don't want to step on your uh, questions. Oh, if you have some for yeah. Daniel here. Yeah, I was just going to jump in and ask. My, my follow-up question would would be, how do you develop these kind of new trusted relationships with these clients? Like, first of all, who are these clients? But then also, how do you develop the relationship over time to make sure that it goes well? Yeah. So I source bags from all over. Um, some of them are obviously private client buyers from Hermes. Some of them are other resellers. Some of them are large companies like Sotheby's and your name house people. Um, I'll be honest, it's it's very client specific for what they're looking for in that moment. And if you're in front of that client, I think that if you're the one that they're seeing pop up on their feed, if you're saying, hey, this is the price of the bag, you're I'm pushing content for a bag, whatever, that's catching that client's um, attention right then and there. So like there may be a bag that Sotheby's has had for, and I'm just using Sotheby's because you, you work there, Max, and because everybody knows Sotheby's. Um, but Sotheby's may have a bag that's been sitting there for three months and nobody's bought it. And and then I have a client looking for that bag immediately and I can go to them and say, hey, I'll pay you this. Like, um, So... It's, I would say that's how I source the bags. Um, wait, hold on. So your question was, how do you find these clients and then how do you build the relationships with these clients? Yeah, from a sales and I guess marketing since you're kind of sole proprietor. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, how does that process I guess go? I went into... What's the typical journey for that client? Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And you meet you most of them on Instagram. You've never... It's kind of open-ended. How, yeah. yeah, how do you build trust with someone you've never worked with before? Like someone who's just reaching out to you to do business, for example? Yeah, I think a lot of people, that's that's a great question. I think a lot of people um, are very skeptical at first. Um, I mean, you want to do your due diligence on anybody you're buying a $30,000 bag from. Uh, that's, that's a lot of money. So I think people are very skeptical at first. Um, I think a lot of sellers hide behind maybe a logo or a lot of sellers hide behind... Um, maybe whatever, their Instagram account, whatever. They're not front-facing, client-facing type people that are selling bags. So I think one thing that makes people comfortable is, hey, like I'm seeing Dan's face or um, like I'm seeing him create all this content. I'm seeing him do these unboxings of bags. I'm seeing him, you know, whatever. Sometimes you're seeing me live my life. Um, sometimes. Uh, sometimes I'm posting stories, but... Um, so a lot of people are very skeptical at first, but I think that uh, once they're able to talk to me, once they they know and I can speak to them and say, hey, listen, you can rest assured, like, one, I'm not going to deliver you a fake bag. Two, for whatever reason, if something goes wrong, I'm going to give you a refund of your money. So, and that's never happened, by the way. I've never had to refund anybody's money, thankfully. But um, so I think that really... I would say captures people and makes them feel comfortable is being able to see me. Um, some of the guarantees that I give, 
uh, and then finding those clients is really just pushing out pushing out uh, pushing out content and then also referrals uh, I get a lot of people referring um, I just sold a bag to Christine Quinn recently and uh, she reposted me that like took up my account uh, I don't know I got a ton of views from that but um, um, so I think people seeing people that are much more popular or famous or I would say in a position of power trusting me I think that helps people trust me also so yeah definitely that's that answers. really really important to build trust in the resale market especially these days yeah. uh, and it's than... the same with yeah it's the same with anything I mean like look at the gray market in watches like so many dealers like Jesus Christ you go to Diamond District in New York and there's skyscrapers full of people selling watches so um, I think that yeah, I think that honestly, you just really got to do your due diligence on the who the seller is and, and make sure that you're comfortable with them because at the end of the day, if something goes wrong, they're either going to protect you or they're going to say deuces and peace out. So yeah, yeah. I think people really like working with people that they know. I think that's still really yeah. important in this market and yeah, people will continue to work with people they know. To add on to that, um, I mean, I think social media has really kicked off and changed everything since the pandemic i mean obviously social media was big and before the pandemic but like with the with tiktok sort of really taking main stage um and then instagram shortly following after with like they're copying tiktok essentially it's it's pushed out luxury into a space that a lot of people didn't really know before so i think people didn't know about ap people didn't know about hermes people didn't know about uh, all these brands and now they do so it's I think social media and what I'm doing in TikTok and Instagram um, brings that a little bit more makes it a little bit more accessible and brings it to I would say the masses which is also why you see these cr crazy price increases of everything yeah, over I the think, last like yeah, three yeah that's years. really um I think that really drives too. like all of these new people that are coming into the market the yeah. first thing that they're going to want is all pretty much the same thing like a black Togo Birkin 25 and that's, that's why those are going so high and from yeah. there you know their interests might get more interesting but yeah. the prices of what they're interested in comes down um, yeah unless of course they get interested in exotics <laughs> yeah um, and then it's but a yeah I think that's so interesting game. how like once you become a, a higher level collector the prices of things actually get comes down um, the less I, known something is not necessarily the more valuable it is at least not yeah. in this market just yet you know it's not like a one-of-a-kind Rolex that's automatically going to be worth a lot because it's one of a kind yeah and there's something called add-on-itis and it's basically um i don't know if you've heard that phrase before uh no, no. okay At, so add-on-itis is basically <clears throat> you got your first birkin now like when's the next one coming you're adding on to the collection you're like oh now i need a mini kelly now i need a kelly 25 now i need a constance now i need like so it's like you just keep adding on to your stock, basically, essentially. So, I like that term, add-on-itis. Add-on-itis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of add-ons, how do you see the market kind of changing in the near future, at least for dealers? And, like, what are some of the emerging trends you're seeing, like, kind of looking forward? I think the general consensus with resellers is that prices are going to keep coming down. Um, mm -hmm. That's my... I, you know, no, I, the general consensus, consensus is that prices are coming down, I think. 
and I'm starting to lower my prices. I mean, you'll see me doing price drops and on my bags and that's, I don't like me personally. I don't like to keep bags on my, on my Instagram. There's no point in them just sitting there looking pretty. There may be one or two that are there for like decoration, but more likely than not, like I'm trying to move these bags and I'm trying to sell them and the customer, the clients are trying to sell them. So I think people's expectations need to move with the market. Obviously, totally different world from where we were. And you guys know this better than anybody um, in like 2021 when bag prices were crazy. Then they started to come down in 2022. Now they're just keep coming down and especially exotics, I think. So I think the forecast is that bag prices are going to keep coming down. Do I think they're going to crash? I don't think they're going to crash. I still think there's a high level of demand and the accessibility to get the bags um, retail is still is probably more difficult than ever, honestly, um, from my perspective. Uh, so it's getting harder to get them retail. Bag prices aren't going to crash, but they're going to come down a little bit is what yeah, I think. I think so. when people hear um, that bag prices are coming down, a lot of the collectors that maybe weren't buying when bag prices are up start buying again and then the cycle yeah. You know, reverses. Yeah. I think it's just a couple of years, maybe a five-year cycle overall when things sort of go up and down. Yeah, um, and that's another thing. I mean, you get you get buyers, you get resellers that'll stock these bags, which is one reason I don't stock. You get resellers that'll stock these bags, and something could happen in like a month yeah. or two months that makes the the price drop by like two, three k, four k. Who knows? Whatever. And, uh, and there goes your profit like that, whatever, mm -hmm. like depending on what you bought it at. So, um, just to like add on, like, that's another reason I, I don't stock bags, but so I don't know if that answered anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good answer, especially like, you know, in terms of the dealers that do stock bags, I yeah. think the ones that do it smartest, mostly buy at auction and aren't sort of predetermined in what they're looking to stock they're more predetermined looking at what they can make money on yeah i'll tell you like it blows my mind what some of these companies offer for buyouts on bags um it blows my mind so i just recently put in so i'll do my due diligence also on a bag on pricing i'll reach out to a couple different companies sometimes especially if it's a specific bag i reached out to one company for a birkin 35 nothing special togo leather grease mire um i was gonna price the bag at 18k they offered 11k buyout for a brand new bag like and i'm like that's like retail that's like less than retail that's less right who's mm -hmm. it's less that? than retail like mm -hmm. depending on where you're buying it from but like wow. it i'm like shit should i start doing buyouts for bags if they're if like these big companies are offering these I mean, crazy I would buyouts advise, people got a little free piece them, of advice right? here is you know make a buyout offer that's so low you wouldn't think they'd accept it and if they do then yeah. great you just got a great price <laughs> i'm gonna start doing buyouts because that's wild because the only reason they're doing it is because people are obviously accepting it some mm -hmm. people need money right away and they'll accept yeah. the offer and mm -hmm. you know some people get gifted these bags so they don't really care they're like hey i'd yeah. rather have the cash if i can get the cash the the day, easily and Right. If you're getting 11 for that bag and they're paying you out right away, that's yeah. not bad. That's better than exactly. any other bag still. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
amazing. So mm-hmm. buyouts yeah, that's are pretty on much the standard way. standard practice yeah. with larger yeah. companies at least. Yeah. Yeah. Offer them nothing, see if they take it. Mm-hmm. Right that they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, so what's like the favorite bag that you've sold so far? Like what's the one that really stands out in your memory? <sighs> favorite bag that I've sold so far. I haven't sold it yet, but we're supposed to be making payment on it probably in two days. And it's honestly, it's probably one of the most gorgeous bags that I've seen and in phenomenal condition. And it's a Birkin 35 matte alligator 5P. Uh, so palladium hardware, absolutely pristine condition. The bag is from like, uh, like early 2000s. And you just can't find that bag. Like you can find it, but you're not going to find it in that good a condition. There's none no, on the like market. That color fades if you use it. You really have to have one that's been stored and like not yeah. touched. And you mm-hmm. get, you get, sometimes you'll get color, color transfer. So this bag has like not been even looked at. It's been, I don't know what the person was thinking. They're just a collector. They don't care. That's honestly my favorite bag that I've, fingers crossed selling in like two days so that i've sold i love that i love that color yeah that i've sold um that's a good question that's a really good question Mm, maybe because of who you sold it to well um honestly my biggest client so far has been christine quinn and that bag was a birkin 25 chai which is absolutely gorgeous Uh, Mm um i think the process for that bag and it's it's a it's a beautiful bag, but I think just being able to work with Christine and being able to get that bag to her, I think that was probably one of the best experiences that I've had so far, and my favorite bag that I've sold so far. So, yeah, okay. I would have to say those two. What's your personal collection look like if you have one? Uh, I don't have a personal collection. My wife, we don't. We have a small personal collection. I actually. Um... I had to get these out for you guys. <laughs> background, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, this is this one we got in store. Uh, we got retail, and this one I've—you probably know which one this is. Um, maybe you've seen it. I've posted it a couple times. You've definitely seen it. But this is a a Birkin Thirty Kasak. Oh yes. Um, we got this at Sevres. Um. You know, you always walk in, you're doing the whole, you're doing this, the, the, the couple of locations, you're doing the whole, you know, route. You're going to hit one right after the other. We went to the flagship location and, uh, didn't get lucky there, but bought a couple of items, etc. And then walked into Sevres and they were like, what are you talking about? You can't, you can't get a Birkin. You're just walking in off the street. And we we're like, please, please bless us. And, uh, and so, yeah, so they went into the back and brought out this this bad girl. So, um, so this is the Kasak that we have. Uh, she has a Pikachu uh, gold with gold hardware, um, and that's it in personal collection. Just these two bags. It's not extensive. Yeah. So, if you're gonna have one Birkin, that's a pretty good one to have. That's I love yeah. that color combo. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like an actual sort of really rare limited edition. I like you that don't choice. actually you you don't see it, and some people are either like polarized by it. They're like, "That's the ugliest thing I've seen," <laughs> or <laughs> or they absolutely love it. And it's funny because 
we when they offered it to us we asked um i asked i was like you sure you don't have like a birkin noir with like gold hardware mm -hmm. and the, the the associate was like uh no and i was like i looked at i looked at my wife's name is gabby I said, uh, Gabby, are you sure you want this? Like, we can try another day or something. And she's like, are you fucking crazy? Like, what are you talking about? Shut up. And I was like, <laughs> okay, so, sorry. Um, but yeah, so we walked walked out with her, thankfully. I love that. Nice. What, um, like, if you're, uh, you know, talking to somebody who's just starting their collection and they're thinking, you know, should I go the Hermes route? Should I uh just go right ahead and work with a dealer what sort of advice would you give to someone who's just starting out as a collector well my first question would be how much money do you have because <laughs> that very good question up, uh, <laughs> do you have the money to do the hermes game and like maybe get the bag you want and maybe not like does it matter to you because i don't know a lot of people sometimes they get one-to-one -one, uh their spend quota is like one to one. I've talked to people that have six to one. They spent sixty thousand dollars and they haven't even got offered a, their first quota bag. So, mm -hmm. um, my opinion, and I'm self promoting, is go with a reseller because at the end of the day, you're going to get the bag that you want. You're going to get it in the exact combination that you want. Um, you're going to spend less money overall. And if it's a bag that you're honestly looking to keep forever, or keep at least a couple years then just buy it secondhand um not secondhand you know what i mean um from a reseller um that's what i would say um because it's also the hermes game in the process can be very difficult um it can be very taxing and exhausting and emotionally uh emotionally wear on you so um i would say go with a reseller honestly Good. I like that advice too. <laughs> Get yeah, what you want, don't people, settle. <laughs> some people some people see it as also like, hey, I only get my bags from Hermes. Like like it's like a it's like a uh, a badge of honor for them. So yeah, that's totally fine. Like you get your bags from Hermes. But I was talking to one girl yesterday. She spends probably a hundred K a year in store. Um so a hundred K annually to play the game, yeah. That's you're, you're probably gonna get the bags you want, so <laughs> yeah, but, uh, have some fun, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna get a couple offers. You'll get a couple mm -hmm. good bags. So I guess it depends, but that's my. I would say go with a reseller. Well, good. I think that's a pretty good um, interview that we've done with you here. I think that we've had a great conversation. I think this was fascinating. I was waiting for more questions. This was nice. I like yeah, talking well, what to other, you guys. What sort of insights do you have? Anything else you want to uh, impart on our listeners before we wrap things up? Um, listen, I always get this question. I get this question a million times. Um, they're like, Dan, should I get this bag? Should I sell this bag? And I'm like, if you like the bag, get the bag. If you don't like it, don't get it. Like, It's not going to make that big of a difference. Um, I would say buy what you actually like if you're buying from Hermes. If you don't, it's not going to kill you to wait another four months, six months, God forbid, a year. But the bag is going to come around at some point. So buy what you like. Don't think that it's a gun to your head. You know, I would say that's my parting little piece of advice. So thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. You can find all of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to support us, you can subscribe for $5 a month on Substack or on Patreon. 
And you can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube now. So like this episode, subscribe to Bag World, and share with all of your bag babes. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find Bag Talk clips and more fun stuff on our TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. So find us over there, and we'll catch all you handbag girlies next week. Bye. Bye.